0: It is the Matt Mosley Show. Come on. And uh, it is uh, Wednesday. Thank you, Alan Samuels, Dodge Chrysler, Jeep Ram, Ted Teague, and his staff out there doing some amazing things. I've got that Grand Cherokee Laredo I like to rip up and down the road in. And a man that's been on the road for a good while, Uh, Arkansas, he's been all over the place. Jack Allen joins us, and you can watch him on TV Local ABC affiliate does such a nice job, Jack. Uh, the Aggies' magical run has come to an end, uh, come to a close, and you, uh, you kind of thought, hey, this one's gonna, this one's gonna be uh, one that, and I kind of agreed with you. I thought this one might last a long time. This might be high scoring Aggies. Uh, pitching staff they were going to have to use a whole bunch of people this thing they roared through this game and jack before i ever came on the air they were done it was like 350 and the ball game's already over it started at one so they were extremely efficient for you uh, what was the uh, what was that texas a&m uh post game scene like were they pretty uh, i mean a great season but i bet they were uh they were they were taking it pretty tough
1: Yeah, Matt. I mean, it it was it was an emotional scene, as as you would expect after after a postseason run like they had for it to come to an end the way it did, where it just never felt like they were in it. I mean, they gave up that three three run home run in the first inning and, you know, fell behind four to nothing really quick. And it just it never felt like they could get something going. And so the, the writing was on the wall from probably the fourth or fifth inning and just the way that it just taxed on and kept going. You could just see the faces in the dugout. I was standing right there next to the dugout. It just, as the game wore on, you could see that the life just started to get sucked away from them. Um, As Sanders kept pitching as, I mean, he just kept sitting them down, kept sitting them down and they just never could get the life they needed to get back into that one.
0: Well, it, and I I do kind of like when you show us the view that you have down there. You're doing it not in a braggadocious way, but you're kind of down there, right in the the camera pit. I mean, where they have you, now Jack. There's got to be a ton of people who sign up to uh, to cover this thing. So I gotta respect you and KXXV for the for the kind of the shots that you have. How cool is that to be? At such a now, this one guy keeps jumping up in front of you with the NCAA photo vest. I would get mad at him if I were you. But what what is that? Um, what's that scene like? Being able to peer into the into the clubhouse and how much chatter? I sure am sure A and M wasn't talking a whole lot today. But when you are down there in the College World Series, is there a whole bunch of hollering chatter going on, or is it is it pretty business like? What's that like down there, being that close to the action?
1: Yeah, man. I mean, I think it's a lot more business-like than you'd think, especially, especially AM. and and m was very, very business, very methodical all season long. That's part of uh, Jim Schlossnagel's approach is that whole, like, one pitch at a time, stay focused, focus on what's right ahead of you. And um, you kind of get that sense as you're standing next to them, compared to I was standing next to the Arkansas dugout last night, and that, mm-hmm. you know, of course, they were putting up 10-plus runs against Auburn, but it was a little bit more of an energetic, you know, let's get the momentum going, let's get the crowd into it, turning around, doing that kind of stuff. Um, Whereas, so A&M was just a lot more more business-like. And part of that's also they were playing at 1 o'clock. The energy here in Omaha definitely goes up for those late games because there's a lot more people just from Omaha who show up for those late games. The crowds are a lot more boisterous, so... I don't know if you know if Vanim would have played later if it would have been a different story, but it was very methodical and business like in, in the dugout. And I will say, uh, Schloss was starting to tear into that umpire a little bit about that strike zone. He was asking, mm. the, "Did they catch the plate? Did they
0: catch the plate?" You know,
1: mm. um, but it, it, I mean, it's a, it's a, it's a cool sight to see and a really cool venue to watch a game.
0: Yeah, I like when you kind of uh, you were referencing during the game at some point. Uh, OU o- o- hits that three-run uh, homer, and like you said, it kind of put things away. Oh, by the way, were you in the ballpark for that record homer? Was that last night? I'm trying to think when I saw that. It was like 414 or something like that. the The longest home run ever in that uh, in that ballpark in Omaha. You know, what you know the one I'm talking I about. I Don't think I was in there for it. Okay, yeah, kind of. That remember. was. Yeah, that was a towering, towering shot, and I was uh, I was amazed by that. Now, who were you referencing when you said those MCC boys will always get you? Now, because I'm I'm, a, I'm very aware that Arkansas has a shortstop and they also have a coach. Of course, it's Mitch Thompson's brother. But what was the MCC connection there?
1: So, uh, Jimmy Crooks, the catcher who hit that three run home run. Um, he's an MCC alum. Oklahoma also has another guy, Brett Squires, who went to MCC. And so the Boston boys are well represented on that Sooner club.
0: Isn't that something? I mean, you, you look around at the college world series and and it's peppered with former MCC players. And, and you know what I'm glad about? I'm glad about a lot of things, but, and, and of course I didn't want Steve Rodriguez to get fired, but since he did, um, now I'm I'm pulling for Mitch like crazy. Me being a Baylor alum, and I think Jack, maybe we can start getting some of those MCC players over to Waco. It used to happen back in the day. I think Mitch will be looking to do that. Um, it it it's uh, it, it, talking to Jack Allen KXxv. He's right there on that scene in Omaha. Jack, who when you're in the ballpark and today. You're you're hearing from the A and M fans. You're hearing from the OU fans. Was it about half and half, Are the Sooners and Aggies traveling equally as well, or did the did the Aggies have them? I, Aggies, I would say, they both have really nice baseball histories. I would say the Aggies have a bit more of a passionate fan base when it comes to baseball. The OU will probably be mad at me for saying that. What do you, when you kind of were doing those crowd shots and looking around? And obviously OU was louder because they were playing better. But who had the most fans there?
1: So I would say A&M had a few more people there, and they would have been louder on yesterday. All my days are blending together. Tuesday they would have been a lot louder than the OU fans were today. Um, and so I, I would say that A&M's got a good good following. They're a bit behind. Arkansas and Ole Miss for the most here um those two have got a lot of people walking around the street uh just in the stands and uh that atmosphere last night for that Arkansas game was incredible um but I mean A&M A&M came to play I've talked to some people who came up from McKinney from Fort Worth talked to uh one father and son that came up from Houston uh and I thought my drive was bad um I can't imagine coming all the way from Houston, but the uh, 12th man was very well represented here in Omaha.
0: Jack, what was what was the drive? Give us the uh, give us the, the how many hours was it? So it ended up being
1: 13 for me. I uh, left at seven o'clock Monday night and got to Omaha at about eight o'clock Tuesday morning.
0: Man, and now you got to turn around and and do it again, although you kind of like the road. I've seen you out there. You like tweeting about it and getting some of the things out there. That A&M team, um, I, what a, what an interesting and what a great season it was. Palish is a guy I've been extremely impressed with from Stanford. They brought in, I think Claunch was a transfer as well, the catcher. I think I'm right about that. I don't know. They had several mm-hmm. transfers. Yeah, he went to Oregon it's, State. That's it. Yeah, I mean, it seemed like after the game, looking at some of those comments, and you were there and you were videoing some of this. It seems like even those transfers who are only going to get one year at Texas A&M just truly felt a part of that scene and and feel like Aggies. Did you get that sense? Because the uh, it really almost seemed some of those uh, quotes I was reading it bordered on um, you know just devastation. For those players and of course it was right after the game but isn't that amazing jack when you think about somebody having two or three other years at a at a different program and then they show up and yet they feel like they've been there forever did you get that sense being around that texas a&m team
1: Well, yeah. I mean, and that's the the weird thing about this team is that you have a first year coach. You have a lot of first year players who played at other programs for a lot of years. Um, Just kind of, that was the way that coach Los Angeles really rebuilt this team so quickly was he brought in a few of those kind of grad transfer veteran players out of the portal and used them to sort of solidify the pieces that were already there. And I mean, Joy Clanch was crying on the podium or at least tearing up uh, as he was given some of his, his responses uh, today. And so there was definitely that buy-in and that's kind of what happens as you, as you go on a run like they did. I mean, you think back mid February, you didn't even know if they were going to make the SEC tournament the way they were playing, but then they kind of turned it on, turned it around. And when you go on a run like they did, th- that group was very tight knit. They were very close Um and it makes it for an emotional ending when it does come to an end. You
0: know, what's what's it going to be like tonight on the six o'clock news? Are you you've got all your stuff put together, and you are you going to do kind of a live hit and then send it to your your package, and, and where all your highlights are shown that you were able to shoot down there by the dugout and all of that?
1: Well, we're not actually allowed to shoot you know, our, with our fancy cameras and all of that, because of the NCAA rules, they're always the big party poopers. Oh. Uh, so We got to pull stuff from the feed. You know how it is. It's just like March Madness, It's a mess. Um, but, you know, obviously we'll be, we'll be bringing you everything from the game. You can hear some of those uh, quotes. We'll have a lot more at 10 as well. Um, so yeah, definitely a lot to watch out for over there on 25 news.
0: Boy, I love that channel twenty-five. Been watching it for years, and Jack uh, has just put his head down lately. He's been at several baseball tournaments. Then he'll show up somewhere else. He's been um, he's been all over uh, Texas, and now uh, all over the country. So, Jack, I really appreciate it, and uh, have a great broadcast. And then stop by Rocco's before you leave town. I've been very curious watching that Jello shot board they have over there. It's a big competition between Ole Miss and Arkansas fans. Everybody else got lapped, but run over there. To, I know you're not a big drinker, but run because you went to Harding, so I assume you don't drink that much. But go over there and maybe have one Jello shot so you can just be part of the action. Okay? Hey,
1: I got I got to support my Omahogs somehow. I got a lot of friends back in Arkansas that are that are going to need me to pull my weight.
0: <laughs> I like it. I like it. Thank you, Jack. We'll talk to you soon.
1: All right. Appreciate y'all. All
0: right. There he goes. Jack Allen, KXXV.